2: and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: Welcome back to Play Tessie. It's episode 43, and if you're listening on Drop Day, it's February 23rd. Episode 43 is a bullpen episode of some of the best relievers the Red Sox have ever seen. It's Pat Light and Garrett Richards, both absolute Red Sox legends, and we all know it. This is the official podcast of Howling at the Moon, which is what my dog does literally all day these days. We don't walk him enough with, when it's cold, so he literally just stares out the window. Uh, but it's also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI. Remember, wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey app. Hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, helps us out a ton. And subscribing gets you that notification when episodes drop. Also, remember, to check us out on YouTube and hit that thumbs up. Do and then subscribe to the WEI channel. Follow us on that. Oh, what's the word? Playlist. Yep. You, so we've got to, dude, I, I will never know the word. I will never know the word forever. But hey, as long, as, long to, as people know that they can
4: navigate to our set area. That's yeah, all
3: I need. just just go just go watch our videos, man. You'll be happy to just watch the videos. I'm stringing another just... Arnold Palm today, so uh, that that's worth watching alone. Oh, it's already gone. Okay, well, I don't need to tell you what I did to that one, but we've got a, a very special guest today to join me, Coop, Sammy, and Pat. Christian Arcan from Wei is with us, and we're we have him on an interview. We just recorded it, and I'm literally just gonna jump us right into it. So, without further ado. Christian Arcan. We're joined by Christian Arcan, producer for Jones and Mega. With Arcan, he also occasionally hosts Red Sox pregame show on WEI.
5: Christian Arcan, how you doing, man? Doing very well. Nice to uh, be on with all you guys from all the various places that you are right now. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast, so I'm glad you guys called me.
3: <laughs> how does it feel to be making your plate debut? There's been a few guests, but you're you're definitely we haven't we're not in the double digits, so you're one of the first that we've had wow. we're definitely
5: really? not double digits right guys no i mean like it's it's you and pap right now and brad okay i mean listen it's a nice uh, mount rushmore to be on i'd say in terms of your first uh your first couple of guests um the uh what i like about uh the title is i don't know if you know this did you know that tessie is like an old-timey uh barbershop quartet song did you guys know that yes yeah like the we're original quartet, i love like, that a- yeah
4: And then incorporate into
5: a play, I think, at one point. Yeah, it's about a parrot. The song's about a parrot, and the parrot, like, is going to tell the wife that the husband's cheating or something like that. I read about this once. And then uh, Dropkick Murphys did their song. But, yeah, Tessie, where they're singing about Tessie, and they're asking Tessie the parrot not to tell the wife that uh, I think that's how it goes. Something like that. The parrot has a secret, and the guy's telling Tessie, don't tell the secret. (laughs) Such wholesome beginnings. Yeah, really.
3: <laughs> Everything used to be so wholesome, and then the Dropkick Murphys got to town, and we just, just started winning World Series. Now the town burning down.
4: Yeah, super wholesome. Like You used to just be worried about a, a parrot outing you. Now it's just like your Instagram likes outing you.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all sorts of There's all, all sorts of ways to get out of these days. Um, <laughs> speaking of Dropkick Murphys, did you guys ever go to McGreevy's? Are you guys of the age that you used to hang out at McGreevy's? Anybody? No, so that – was that was that killed by COVID? Yes. Yeah, Everything so on that street got killed by COVID. There was McGreevy's and Whiskey's and Lear and like all these Lear wasn't that cool, oh. but like the other ones were all like pretty cool bars. And McGreevy's was a great sports bar. Uh Louis C. K before he got canceled came and did like a surprise comedy set down in their basement once. I- he did and, a lot of uh, surprise things. Yeah. And it was, you know, <laughs> I just, I knew some people who worked there and it was a really cool place. And this guy, Pete Nice, who was part of an old rap group in the 90s called uh, Third Base, was one of the initial investors. And he's like this uh, big baseball memorabilia dealer. So I used to love hanging out there, but yeah, COVID killed it. <laughs> yeah. No, so we actually, the way we sign off every podcast,
4: uh, we do this thing called Nuff Said because of Nuff Said starting that very bar. But
5: geez, yeah, yeah. That's cool.
3: <laughs> All right, Arcand, we 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 were listening to the to Wednesday's big Q at two, so that's that's where we want to go with this. And mm-hmm. you guys, I don't Cooper, do we have the audio for it? Or are we just going to go right in?
4: I got the audio for it. If we want to play it,
3: yeah, we should play it because uh, right. maybe people haven't heard it. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll jump. Are in. you going to make me listen to Jones now weather. Weather. again? You don't down <laughs> yeah. I I apologize, man. <laughs> the
6: players don't want to be there. Kenley Jansen was 50-50. He was going to get on the flight or even be on the team. Uh, he's outspoken about the situation, as is Rafael Devers. I don't think the manager wants to be here. They all think they're they're going to suck this year. The losing hasn't even started yet. And so, no, they're not worthy of the owner's time. It doesn't
3: sound like they're worthy of the manager's time. Uh, they're not worthy of uh, the the team's time, meaning players on the team. How are the Red Sox worthy of my time? So basically, the question leading to that answer was: "Are the Red Sox worthy of your time?" And you got to chime in at the end, but I want to give you a chance here to to sort of expand on what you have to have to say about that one.
5: Well, uh, the results of that poll, I think, were like eighty five percent saying no. And you know, I mean, we get about usually we get about three four hundred people voting in our polls. This one, we had like six or 700, I think. It was more than usual. I know that. So it was a question that resonated with the audience. It was a question that we knew was going to be, you know, tensions are high with this team right now, and fans are upset. So we knew that we were going to get a good reaction from that poll. That's sort of how we set them up. We try and do something that will generate a, uh, uh, a debate. And usually what we try and do is ask a question that's going to get like a good split. But we thought for this one, you know, fans are mad. And the way I sort of looked at it was – You know, I don't think that John Henry's listening to our show every day or checking our polls out on Twitter or any of that stuff. But, you know, maybe someone in that front office might be, you know, or the flagship station. So maybe there's somebody there. And, you know, it's it's something they should see. They should see that this is a reflection of the fans. And, you know, we kind of feel this way, too. Jones was expressing it there. But I mean, it's something that we're all kind of in Agreement on. I mean, we all we all sort of said no too. And listen, I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. I always have been. And uh, you know, even before I started working in this field, I was at Fenway all the time. And, you know, to see what's happened these last couple of years and uh and the ambivalence that they have towards it. And the things they're making guys like Sam Kennedy go out and say is just, you know, it's upsetting. It's an upsetting time to be a Red Sox fan. And I was sort of hoping that through that poll and through that discussion of it and we ripped the team pretty hard. I mean, we've been we've been going pretty hard at them since you know, since this offseason started really and uh, you know, it's it's just it was in my opinion I thought that maybe maybe it could sort of be a vehicle to opening the eyes of of some people over there on on Yawkey Way and maybe uh, showing them hey, you know, this isn't just the media saying this. We are saying it, but it's not just us saying it the uh, the fans are really reacting negatively to the way that you're running the team right now. And this seems unprecedented to me. Like, last summer, that Dodgers parade and, like, all that stuff, we were there. We were at Fenway a lot, you know. We did our show at Fenway, uh, you know, once or twice a week throughout the whole season. And that wasn't the only time that that happened. I mean, it was the only time there was a whole fucking Mardi Gras parade. But, like, it wasn't the first time that the opposing team's fans just completely took over the park and you know like it they didn't do much at the trade deadline it was the second year in a row they hadn't done much there uh they haven't really done anything since Schwarber. and like that that sort of fed into it too and then to, to go into this season cutting payroll again i mean fans are just fed up with it they're fed up with it and uh, we're going to reflect that
4: but uh, i i think they heard you cuz they, they went out and signed joelly rodriguez so <laughs> it <true. laughs> must have worked <laughs> shout out joelly
3: so you're you're a no on this you they they are not Worthy of your time as of today?
5: Not right now. I mean, I still think that there's a t- like there's all these free agents just sitting on their ass right now uh, that don't have deals, which I'm still surprised by. I'm surprised Snell, Montgomery Bellinger, um, you know, it's, it's just those three right there. All three of those guys should be on rosters. And this isn't the first off season that that's happened. Like I remember Manny Machado and Bryce Harper not getting signed until like the season started, you know, and those were years ago. And that sort of speaks to the ambivalence about it. It's not just the Red Sox. Like it seems like owners across the league are really, uh, you know, not all that concerned about making their team better. They're more concerned about getting good deals and trying to drive the market down. And I think that's what this is all about. And that sucks. I think that's uh, contributing to the fans being ambivalent about it too. Which is why you get an eighty-five percent, you know, not worthy of my time vote on a poll like that.
3: Would them signing Jordan Montgomery or any one of those Boris guys would that change? Would that change how you feel about it?
5: Um, it would, I would think it's a good move. I think it's a good move to sign Montgomery. I think signing Snow would be a good move. Um, I, you know, I don't know if everybody agrees with that. Snow was just a Cy Young winner and Montgomery. was an instrumental part of that world series run, uh, for the Rangers and the Red Sox rotation sucks. So it's like, yeah, I think that would go a long way. It would go a long way with me. I don't know. Jones probably wouldn't like it still, but like I would be, I, that would be when, with these guys still out there, that gives me some hope that something might happen or that they may wake up and realize, Hey, you know, we're, we're losing our grip on our fans here. And that's just not something that the Red Sox and their ownership should ever, should ever be thinking. So I'm not, I don't have my, my hopes up real high. I'm not holding my breath or anything, but I do think there's moves they could make that would change the perception. Absolutely. It would change my perception. I think it would change the fans too. Yeah. I I love
3: questions like this. And I like, I like discussing them here because we, when we do this podcast three days a week and we are so deep in the weeds with this team that you've lost sometimes you're that deep. I so I want to kick it to the guys on the show. I'll, I'll start with you, Sammy. Like we're taking like three steps back here. Like, is this team worth your time?
6: My time specifically, sure, but if you're a casual fan of this team and you come check in and you see the players are pissed off, the former players are pissed off. The fans are extremely pissed off. The owners don't really care. You got Sam Kennedy out there like a meat shield every day. And he's <laughs> laughing through it now. He's not even, I don't even know where his head is at. I kind of starting to feel bad for the guy, but not really. How do you sell someone on this team right now? There's nothing. Oh, and I kind of, you know, buried the lead right there. They're very clearly the fifth best team in the division. So mm-hmm. there's really not much to be excited about. You can check out Raphael Devers, who's maybe the 25th best bat in Major League Baseball, and Casas, who's a fun rising star. What else? You got no premier pitchers that you got to tune in and watch. I like Bayo, but do we really think he's an ace? I don't. Maybe a nice number two. Number three? Just a really, really tough sell. There's no hook right now. So sadly, I'd say no, not really worth the the time of the casual fan. I'll say hardcore, of course, you're going to tune in. But for the casual fans, no
7: yeah i i actually i agree with arcan i think for the like the fans that actually kind of give a shit about the team a montgomery signing does go a long way and the ripple effect from a montgomery is so kind of like underestimated you plug montgomery in that means that whitlock and Hauk are now out of the rotation into the bullpen it lengthens the bullpen feels like they're going to trade kenley like it just the ripple effect just carries through all the way to the closer role And I think for the fans that do genuinely care and kind of know who Jordan Montgomery is, kind of where they stand, everything, that kind of signing would go a long way for fans. Am I saying they win the division with Montgomery? No, of course not. But are they like a sneaky, like if everything kind of falls their way, a wild card contender? Yeah, and I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. But I do have a follow up for Arcan. So as of this point, they're not kind of like worth your time, like worth anyone's time. Should invest in it. If you have to pick one thing that is worth following, whether it be a player or storyline this year, where or who are you leaning? Hmm. Um, probably the Cassis
5: stuff. I think that's yeah. pretty interesting. He's one of the only guys that was on that top 100 list. Uh, I think it was MLB.com, or whatever it was. He was like 97th. And I like Cassis. I mean, he's a weirdo, but like, I do like him. And I think he's. Uh, if they can not piss him off too much with terrible offers, I think he could be a building block for the future. And they don't have a lot of those. Uh, you know they're they're kind of dicking around with Bayo too Uh, he didn't have a great year last year I feel a little bit better about Cassis than Bayo at this point Um, you know I'm hoping to see him sort of take that next step this year but uh, yeah hearing hearing that and hearing the way he kind of shrugged off the offer and was like oh yeah it was a terrible offer there's no way I was going to take it it's just he's very matter of fact about it which you don't often hear with these younger players a lot of times they're just sort of like happy to getting offers like that and happy to be getting extensions, but Cassis is confident and he sort of, you know, knows that he's, that he's good. He knows he's in a position of power. I think on this team, since they just have so little, uh, you know, guys to get excited about, you're probably going to sell a lot of Cassis jerseys this year, you know, like that's, that's sort of what I think. So so I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in him. I think that, you know, he's a, he's a good player and I don't know. I wanted to say I was interested in the bullpen because I like, I like the bullpen from last year. But after they traded Schreiber, they're looking to trade Martin. They're looking—you just said it—they're looking to trade Jansen. Like it'd be nice if they got Montgomery and they could kick uh, Hauk out to the bullpen too. I think Whitlock's—they're planning on having him pitch out of the bullpen anyway, right? I, I may be wrong about Probably that, think but so, yeah, yeah. So, right, right you know, now can,
3: he's starting, but like I think he's not seen as like in the top five, so I think most expect him
5: to go there. Okay, I'd rather he's in the bullpen too, honestly. I mean, I think that would be better. But uh, you know, if they do all that and then they do it so they can trade Jansen and feel better about it, like that sucks. (laughs) Like it just—it seems like no matter what they do, like the bottom line is always the most important part of it. Like the on-field product is very secondary, maybe not even secondary sometimes. But it's uh, mostly about, you know, getting rid of the Chris Sale contract or moving on from the Verdugo contract. Or, in Schreiber's case, like, he's cost-controlled. That I don't even know what that one's about. They don't have any pitching prospects, I guess. They wanted someone in the minors. But, like, well, you end up with a 23-year-old single-A guy? Like, you know, like, I, I just feel like it's, uh, it's very uh, scattershot right now. And to piggyback off of what
6: you just said, shit's bad right now, and there's no sign of chains in sight. You've got the uh, situation with Casas and Bayo. Like you said, they're dicking around with both of them. We've seen this movie before. Betts, Bogarts, you can go as far back as Lester. So that I don't love. Gordo and I, we disagreed on that. Gordo, you like that they're at least talking to them. I get that. For me, it's just an instant replay of what we've already seen. Uh, and then they're selling off of uh, the expiring deals, which you know might be smart business, but that's not a contender. So this might not even be the end of it. We might have to do this song and dance again next year. So that's even more reason to not want to watch this team if you're a casual fan. Why would you? It's a shit show and it's going to be going on for a long time, <laughs> no matter which way you slice it. So it's, a... how do you sell this team? What do you sell? You us. He's an interesting experience. Kid.
4: That's what you sell. <laughs>
6: the 97th best
4: player in the league?
6: Come see the 97th best player at Fenway yeah. Park when you drink your $13 Bud Light. That's a little warm
5: already. I don't What's the it. best
0: like, move
5: they've made? I mean, honestly, the best move they made all offseason is Theo Epstein. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, hey, he that. got his prowl jam, too. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so can I, I, can I give my devil's advocate a little bit here?
4: Well, no, I'm a bit of a dissenter. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm like, Ben, the school teacher from Fever Pitch, where like, <laughs> I'm the hopeless romantic at this point. I understand it's going to be a crappy season, but Fenway's it is a happy place for me. So like, I'll go, maybe I'll leave before like the middle of the eights. Cause (laughs) sweet Caroline playing when you're down 24 runs, not fun. And I feel like that's going to be happening a whole lot, but it's just kind of like, I, the Red Sox were here before John Henry. And this is kind of how I've just started looking at all this. They're going to be here after they are a fixture in the city. Like whether it is just, Fenway being a neighborhood part of the city or the Jimmy fund itself and that kind of being a beacon of it, uh, and this is playing directly into what they talk about when they're selling the Fenway experience, and I hate that I have to go this route. Don't fall I forward, today... dude. I know, I know, but like what else am I to do? Like this is just like the billionaires like playing with us where it's kind of like, all right, do I just want to sit on my thumb all summer and not do anything or? But Coop, going to Fenway Park is half the battle. <sighs> it's, it's all – no, I'm just saying like – That's true. Yes. And them,
3: is going to keep me away. For them – no, no. I'm saying for them, they have to worry about getting people to fill the seats. They also have to get – they have to worry about people watching on TV. So like the – That's true. Covers one, but
4: then you but got the other. The and I, work? the bo- Like the boycott in my mind just doesn't get work. A boycott. Not too many exactly. fans that show up. And I don't know if you guys get the Instagram ads all the time right now, but – they look like a minor league ball club like, with the amount of special event days that they are doing. <laughs> like, it's absurd at this point of like what they're doing. Like I started like a tacos, like. Coop, you're in NorCal
6: right now. When I lived out I there for a few years, uh, the Oakland A's, which are still the Oakland A's, they would do a thing called mathletics where all you got to do is print out either third, fourth, or fifth grade level math problems. There's no way to verify that you're in that grade. You write in the answers, send them to the Oakland A's, and they send you two free ticket vouchers for wow. any game, any game you want other than Red Sox, Yankees,
4: and Giants. And you just <laughs> pick one. Red Sox what should do that. Back, I don't Arkane, was it did you have box tops as a kid? Box tops? Yeah. Was that ever a thing for you? I don't know if these guys know what I'm talking well, about. I, I remember box top tops. Yeah. yeah. So this used to be a thing with I don't know if it was just Massachusetts schools but at the top of like different packages of like, just foods that like, you would get at the grocery store, they would- call have cereal boxes, boxes and stuff, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you cut out a bunch of them, you would get like a free book or something, I think. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe we can crowdsource that with Sam Kennedy <laughs> the next time we have him out in the public and, and see if we can figure that out. But I'm at the point where I'm just like, I know I'm expecting the worst. So if I just go to and show up at Fenway and I see a win, like.
2: That's a plus for me.
4: Like, that's all I can ask for at this point. Uh, Yeah. Other than that, I'll probably going up to Portland.
5: Yeah. And Coop, like people like you and I'm, you know, I'll be at games too. I mean, yeah, I think people are still going to want to go for like a nice day at Fenway or there's the families from New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine and all that who come down for the one game a year and they come up from Rhode Island and, you know, that sort of thing. And that's not going to stop. I don't think, but in terms of like, on a day to day ticket selling basis, you know, there's a reason why there were so many Dodger fans coming in last year. There's a reason why the Mets fans filled the place up. It's because Red Sox fans weren't as interested and were selling their tickets. Like, that's, you know, that's that's the long and short of it. I'd imagine season tickets are going to go down. Nesson subscription, whoever said that, you're absolutely right about that. It's $35 a month for that Nesson app. You know, people are going to cancel that. They're not going to spend that on this team. And that's, I you know, it. it, what? It's I, a I, ridiculous it. price. Who who has that? I mean, yeah, that's like, so that's like three times more expensive than HBO. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, like, how
4: I just kind of thought of this: what is the over or under before we see them start discounting Nesson Plus? Because you kick off the season, you're a West Coast trip. You're also battling the Celtics and the Bruins, who are still number one right. and will likely finish number one going into the playoffs. They will have a hot streak unless the Bruins fall on their face again they are facing an upward battle like it, there's nothing working in their favor for 2024 at this point
5: no there isn't the only thing that could save them is if they get uh, get off to a hot start and somehow are able to you know win a bunch of games and get people interested right away and even then i mean you're right you're going up against like the nba playoffs and the stanley cup play like that's that's hard to do once the once the spotlight's really on them in june which is generally when that happens what are they going to look like if they get off to a good start and by June they're, you know, they're in the race or like if they're competing with Baltimore and uh, you know, Toronto and Tampa, wherever it is, is at the top of the AL East. I'd imagine one of those three teams, then, you know, that could, that could be something, but it's just, there's no expectation for that. There's no buzz for that. No one's, no one's thinking that's the way it's going to go. And frankly, I just don't think they're, they're talented enough. I mean, you know, the Orioles won 101 games last year. Like, they, the top three teams in that division are really very strong. Even Toronto's a strong team. You know, you have nowhere near the talent Toronto has. And you know, it's baseball, things happen, weird stuff happens in baseball, you know. Like I, I definitely understand that. And that's Sam Kennedy's thing. Basically, whenever they ask him about it, he's like, Well, you know, the only way to change it is to win a bunch of games. And it's like, "Yes, yeah, Sam, no shit. <laughs> if you win, like, oh, games, oh, it's that simple. I didn't, I didn't realize that. You know what helps to win? But games? it also a starting rotation. Like, <laughs> why don't you try yeah. investing in one?
3: The thing is, when you're when the buzz and the vibes are this low it takes that much longer for buzz to get created. The team actually does perform. Like you guys remember how long it took people to buy in in 2013. Like mm-hmm. people, people didn't oh, yeah. buy into that team until what, after the trade deadline, like, but if you, if you have a team that that generates even a little bit of buzz, if they go like what, 20 and 12 in the first, I don't know why I picked a number, but 32 games, then you've got buzz. Then you've got people that care about the team. But there's so much going against them, and so much of that is self-inflicted because of how they they've handled the off season. Like for people, for people like me, like I'm I'm a psychopath. Like I understand that. Like I understand that no, mo, almost there is no soccer fan that's going to be as idiotic as me with watching this team. Like I, I would watch them no matter what. Like at the end of the season, you have to find storylines. Pat kind of goes to your question that you had earlier with the with the storyline that that he'd be excited about. Like you have to find that at the end. The start of the season is about blind optimism. The middle of the season is about trying to stay in contention so that the team can stick together. And the end of the season when they're out of it is about storylines. But the issue is if they fall out of it as quickly as I think people think they're going to this year, it, it's hard to to watch the team every night based off of storylines for like three months.
5: Yeah. And you, know, you mentioned 2013. It took a while with that team, and that was in the Ben Charrington era. And a lot of people were concerned that, the Ben Charrington era was sort of like this, but much on a much smaller scale. Theo was gone, and there was this new direction, and it seemed like he was being a little bit more miserly. But you remember Charrington? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, here this was a while ago, but Hanley Ramirez, Pablo Sandoval, uh, uh, Ruzney Castillo—like you know, there was he spent money, like he spent way more money than they're letting Breslow spend. And, uh, you know, at the time it was thought that they were going in this whole new direction and it was all about the prospects and, you know, these small free agent signings like Victorino and and Napoli and those guys. And, you know, it ended up working. But at the time, that's what people said about it. And that's why it took so long for fans to really get invested, because it seemed like there was this new direction. But, you know, if you win enough games and you have David Ortiz and your team and whatever, then, you know, you can you can uh, come out of it on the other side. I just I don't know. I mean. I don't think this team has even a fraction of what the 2013 team had and people weren't excited about that team. You're right.
3: All right. We, we know you got to get back to your family, Arcan. So I want to ask you one last question before we, before we let you draw, give us the record prediction,
5: 162 games. What do you got? How many wins are they going to have this year? So I was sort of intrigued to see, I, I don't know how much into gambling you guys are, but I was intrigued to see that, uh, the they won 75 games last year and the over under on most books is like 79 this year, which I am very surprised by. I don't, I'm wondering what they know or what they think they know about this team or why they think it's going to be better. The only thing I can think is that up until like August, you know, really the end of August, the Red Sox were in the mix for that wild card. It's not like they were, yeah, you know, they never got there, but I think they got to like within a couple of games at some point. And, you know, to be that in the the last wild card, but to be in the race that long uh, into the season and then to completely fall apart like they did in September. I mean, September was ridiculous. There was no reason to watch them at that point. But, uh, you know, I think they're sort of looking at it mathematically and saying, well, you know, the team wasn't great last year either. That was, you know, with Justin Turner and that was with Verdugo. That was with Chris Sale, who pitched pretty well last year. You know, they didn't they replaced him with Giolito, who I don't like. And uh, you know, I just I think the team's gonna be worse. So um I'm gonna say win total 70, 70 wins, seventy and ninety-two. Seventy wins. I think they're gonna be pretty bad. Seventy and
3: ninety-two. Yeah, wish wish i oh my like. oh,
6: yeah, god. I actually think they're gonna be better because the two biggest issues for me was Kike at short, was the worst defender in major league baseball. Now you got one of the best defenders in story. If he hits, you know, just a little bit great. Um and then Giolito, I know he's not great. I don't blame anyone who doesn't like him, but the bullpen got absolutely torched down the stretch, which probably the biggest issue on the entire team in my opinion. Uh were those guys running out of gas. And for all the issues Giolito has, the one thing he's great at is logging innings. So that helps a lot, but so I think they'll be better but by like two games. It's still not going to be great. Like 80 wins maybe. Not a yeah. not a not a great team. Not the worst team in the league. Not like the A's or the Rockies, but, you know, hopefully, they, hopefully they're hopefully they fun into September, at least. That's where we're at.
5: By the yeah. way, I reserve the right to change my
7: mind if they make any moves. I just don't think they're gunners. <laughs> that's why That's <laughs> yeah. why I'm going. Yeah, you have I was going to yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna preface. I said, as the roster currently stands, I was going to say, like, 78 and 84. I think they're barely better, but, like... Again? Yeah, uh, 78 in a row? I'm telling you right now, 78 and 84, because as of right now, they're literally, they changed names, kept the same talent. It's the same team.
6: You know what? No, Pat, they lost
3: lost lost
7: their
6: leader. (laughs) That's actually a storyline. If it gets down to the end of the year and they're around 78 wins. Wait, am I crazy? that has been how many wins they've had the last two years, right? I
5: thought it was 75 last year, no? No, 78. I think it was 78. Well, yeah, 70, think, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah.
6: Either way, I know it was more
5: than the uh, in the predictions. Hold on, I'll look it up. Has yeah, a team but, ever finished with the same record three years
6: in a row? So Seven like, wins. Uh,
7: back when Chris that, Davis hit two forty yes, was... like three years
5: <laughs> in a row. Yeah.
6: <laughs> that was weird. That's gotta be one of the weirdest statistical anomalies in sports, period. The two forty man. Yeah.
3: I was I gonna take seventy eight. I mean,
6: yeah. Two straight okay,
4: seventy-eight
6: she, and eighty-four no, seasons. Confirmed. So there you
4: go. There's your storyline. Three-three Hang <laughs> the banner. <laughs> I'll, that's that's going to be I'll, the intro to the Netflix doc. <laughs> <laughs> a hunt for seventy-eight wins. That's I'm, I'm
5: taking seventy-seven three super goals in a row. You're <laughs> taking 77, seven, Gordo? i I'm
3: taking seventy-seven. Did you just say 75? seventy-five? Seventy-five. Like okay.
4: I think they'll be so worse got... off this year than they were last year.
3: So we've got 70, 75, 77, 79, and 80. Book it. Wow, well, I'm the highest. I'm usually yeah. the next guy. Sammy, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, uh, you listed mean- off a bunch of things that could be better. But the issue is that this is just the same thing that it has been the last two years where all of these things need to go right. And like if one thing goes wrong, like last year their pitching got hurt and so they stunk.
6: Yeah. Yeah. am so kind I'm, of weird again. My 80-win thing is, is really contingent on Trevor's story, like hitting a little bit and then staying healthy and continuing the defense. So that's not that crazy.
5: Fingers crossed, no, man. I mean, I don't think it's crazy. The only reason why I'm I'm skewing lower, not the only reason, but one main reason why I am is because it seems like all the players are pissed off. Like It seems like everyone's like in the beginning of spring training, and I get it. You know, your, your summer's over and you got to go down there and everyone's all chubby, except for Giancarlo Stanton somehow the only one in the history of baseball that didn't show up chubby to the spring training. But uh, aside from him, like all the Red Sox are kind of chubby and they're kind of pissed off and they're all sort of mouthing off about it. And I just feel like, you know, core doesn't really want to be there. It just seems like the, the checkout factor, the checkout factor is a, a variant that I think could really come into play this season. So that's why I'm skewing. The Red Sox. If, if the Red
4: Sox had gotten Shohei Otani, how many less pounds would Raphael Devers have on? It? I don't know if you <laughs> see the pictures of him, but it's, I feel like that's like you just lost motivation. He was like, "Ah, I guess I'm not getting in the gym this
6: winter." Yeah.
3: Well, he's he's answering that question. It's like if they don't care, why should I? I've already got
6: my yeah. money. Dude, he blood. he looks he looks bad, really bad. Good year, I, I figured he wouldn't look great when I saw that picture from two days ago. Oof. That's my DH baby. Soon enough, mm. baby, yeah, you baby
3: uh Arcan, thanks a million man for hopping on with us play tessie debut for you it's a, yeah it's probably, very uh, very of, exciting <laughs> it's got to be your highlight of 2024 so far probably hard to beat that one so
6: uh we'll
4: be Red talking about 2024 I,
5: oh it'll definitely be the best box highlight of 2024 yeah. i don't think there's gonna be any other one. so uh yeah <laughs> i'll remember this and hey uh anytime you want to hand me back on give me a call it's just fun
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
3: For sure, always
4: welcome, man. Thanks, Arcan.
3: Right, Big thanks to Arcan for for jumping on with us, making his play-testy debut. As I said, probably the highlight of his year. And I was not talking about Red Sox. That is that is the highlight of anyone's year. Jumping on with us. Let's be real here, fellas. Coop, Sammy, Pat, how you feeling? How's that? How was it? We've, it's been like ten minutes since we had that conversation. So how you feeling about uh, the interest in the Red Sox? Great, uh, great year
4: to get good seats. SeatGeek's gonna rock. Uh, actually, I take that back. Not not that company. Any company that would want to sponsor us that does the secondary market, except Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster can kick rocks. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't feel as bad as when I first saw that.
3: Well, it's, well, it's like one of those. He's talking about the conversation.
4: Sorry,
6: there's oh, sizzling oh, going oh, on behind yeah. me right now, and I had to hear the I can hear the sizzle in the background.
7: That's I,
4: a, I think it's, it's chicken. Uh, it's ski feet.
7: Coop's cooking.
4: Here. Coop is cooking. I'm not cooking. Mama L is cooking. Ooh,
6: hi, Christine. Hey, Coop, you're going to make the listeners hungry with that sound.
4: Grubhub can sponsor us.
7: No. Coop's Kitchen. Yep. If you want food, Coop's. Coop's Kitchen. No, not that Coop's.
3: If you're cooking chicken, it's Coop's, Coop's Chicken Coop. Coop. Chicken, coop. yeah, that's not
4: the first time I've heard
3: that. Nice try, though. Was that did people like in second grade just ah, he's like a chicken coop? Is that that was like a second grade thing for you? It was typically poop, but yeah,
4: chicken coop. Also. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Poop>. <laughs> It you hey, go. Ryan, your name, you fool, <laughs> poop, Cooper the super pooper scooper. Yeah, that was that was Hell a good yeah. one.
6: So many poop jokes. This is great.
4: This yeah, is but I'm feeling down. I'm feeling better about my Fenway experience than I am about the Red Sox after oh. our conversation with Gordon. Oh, shut up.
3: up. Stop. Shut up about the Fenway experience, Coop. Get out. I can't with that term. Hey, call Gordo, it something Gordo. else. Gordo, it's my have, it. place. have a good time at Fenway. Yes. Call call it. Just say I'm that. going to just my just second home. I'm experience.
4: going to my second home. That's how I'm going to refer to it. Good. We're not going to the Red good. Sox this year. We're going to our second home. I love your second that. home charges you per beer in the fridge uh well i don't really get charged when i go to fenway because the credential but wow,
7: Ooh. wow. Ooh. look
6: at this guy poop over here with his poop. 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 poop's
7: got
3: his face on a sticker and get some free beers we'll get you
4: uh, well all right well you don't drink on the job um <laughs> ah yeah, yeah of course yes yes but you guys you guys might get the if all right because we need a little dose of like happiness here um uh, first day credentials when we get you guys on the field who do you want to talk to first john henry Pete abraham uh, <laughs> uh, we can make that work we can make that happen
0: oh yeah, we can make that nice happen. segue
3: you know you know who i want to talk to this is a good segue you know who i want to talk to drunk um
4: there we go
6: (laughs) how we guys how we feeling about the betting odds guys not great betting odds oh how about how about peter gammon's that was awful awful use of twitter by the way the way he framed
3: oh peter gammon's
4: doing a a terrible job at twitter
3: he goes hold on right can i explain this can i explain my what happened yeah so i'm scrolling twitter and I see Peter Gammons post a link to something that says this one team is the head favorite for Jordan Montgomery. He just posted the link. And so I, I clicked into the link. Inside, it says that the Red Sox are the heavy favorite for Jordan Montgomery with one-to-one odds, and then the next best odds were like four-to-one. And I immediately – Peter Gammons tweeted the link. Peter Gammons, if, if he does it, it's it's if Peter Gammons is backing it, it's legit that's how cuz peter gammons is very tapped in if he's backing it like i have reason to believe that there's something to it so i tweeted it and the tweet is now out there i look back on peter Gammons' twitter and he tweeted the link twice once he tw- he tweeted the the link one time with nothing and that's the tweet i saw but right before that he tweeted the same link and said ah, look at this clickbait
7: Wow. So that's that's
3: that's how that tweet that's how the Jordan Montgomery betting odds came to be was Peter Gammon's potentially just making fun of clickbait. And now we've got Jordan Montgomery betting odds.
6: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, if you listen to this show, you know that he is gonna sign with the Red Sox eventually. But the one to one betting Mm. odds is a little nuts, if you're asking me, a little bit nuts. Is that a cat a dog? Cat? Dog? Can't see, it's blurry. That was my dog. Nice. nice. just that got home.
3: Shout he out uh, he had hey. to run and go say hi. He's a good dog. He was sleeping on the bed. Your but yeah, Chesty. John Heyman. Heyman also today said that the Sox were talking to Montgomery two weeks ago, and basically nothing has happened since then. And, and it, if you listen to the reports, kind of like everyone is in a stare down with with Boris and all the all of his clients, It's just kind of like who's going to blink first. And my my. My belief with this before was that the Red Sox were just on the periphery and that the Jordan Montgomery staring contest was happening between other teams. And Red Sox maybe were lurking if the market totally collapsed. But I'd figured at that point, once that happens, a team with a better chance to win would come in and get them. So the Red Sox really didn't have a chance. But if the Red Sox were talking to him two weeks ago, to me, that's newsworthy. To me, that two weeks ago, talking like this after everything that has happened. Like, two weeks ago was still relevant today that they were talking to him. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way, or is that just bullshit and, like, this is just no. kind of? No. You don't,
6: don't think feel- it means anything? No. I like, what, uh, I like what Karabas said. None of this matters. The only thing that matters is when John Henry gives his, like, thumbs up and says they can spend. I don't care when they were talking, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, last week, this week, next week. Doesn't matter. It's just a matter of bullying John Henry. Eventually, I think he'll cave. I don't think the time is relevant too much. So I'm just I'm just waiting on him to cave. It's gonna happen. Yeah.
3: You think John Henry is gonna cave? You think that that's how that you think this is gonna play out? That John Henry is not gonna cave, and it's yeah, it's not honestly, gonna play out like Jordan's, Mark Omri's market collapsing and him picking the Red Sox. You don't I think, think that's that
6: it's how it gonna goes? Be a combination combo. It's gonna be John Henry's gonna cave. His little uh, he's gonna find he has like one bone left in his spine, and he's gonna be like, all right, you know, this guy's price has come down. He's not a stuff guy. Not that John Henry thinks this deeply about baseball, but like I feel like Montgomery's a guy you can sign and he'll age gracefully. There's nothing to say he won't. The way he pitches is so like conducive to being successful over a long term. So I think eventually somebody might talk him into it. Maybe every every friggin former, current and future player on the Red Sox yelling at John Henry and all the media and all the fans yelling at him. Maybe that will get him to cave. But I think eventually he caves and gives Jordan Montgomery somewhere in between what he wants and what the Red Sox want. And then everyone will be
7: happy for a few weeks. And then we'll be ready for games. I'm the opposite of Sammy. I put absolutely no stock in them talking to Montgomery two weeks ago. Because talking and making an offer are so different. Talking could have been, no market, you want a one-year deal? Like To me, that's probably what the conversation was. I put absolutely zero stock in talking to Jordan Montgomery until we have a report that there's a offer on the table, which I don't, I'd be shocked if there was. Yeah, no, that's,
2: I agree.
6: I agree, Pat. I, I, I don't think that the talking matters. I think that part's irrelevant, but I do think that John Henry will cave. I don't think that any any smoke you hear about Jordan Montgomery, I take none of it into account. I just think eventually it's going to pop up on our phone. We're going to go, Oh my God, it actually happened. And that'll be it. It's not going to be a buildup. It's not going to be, Oh, stay up late. We're getting reports like the Xander signing BS. I think it's just going to happen out of the blue. Boom. And we'll all be super excited about it.
3: Call, call me nuts. I, and I'm still not in the camp that they're going to sign him because I still just refuse to give this team the benefit of the doubt, but I am big on connecting tea leaves. And to me, if some sort of odds maker, I don't know, maybe they're just talking out of their ass. But oftentimes with with these odds makers, there's a reason that there's a big jump like that. So when you mix that, the reports of them talking to Monty, Sam Kennedy coming in and just telling that Dustin Pedroia story, which like some people think is nothing, I I don't know. I yeah. I, I kind of who said it a few times and I kind of side with you. Like I just don't like it would have been so easy for him to not say it. So a lot of a lot of things that are happening. Would kind of. Predate a signing, I, I'm still not there, but I'm I'm way more in the hopeful boat than I previously what previously was. Like when when the John Heyman and the Robert Murray streams were on today, I was listening, sort of hopeful that they would say that the Red Sox have been talking to Monty.
7: Uh,
6: yeah, I guess, I guess, I just like I can't. Right. So I brought up.
4: Good, Goop, you go. I, 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 brought the tax payroll and where the Red Sox rank right now with how much room they have. Um, 57 million to spend. They clearly have enough to spend on Montgomery. Um, and with everything that Sam Kennedy is saying, and now that I think about him bringing up the Pedroia thing and how confident. Papelbon is that the Red Sox still might do something. Do you think they're in over, I'm going to use the skiing metaphor. Do you think they're over their skis right now? Meaning that they're way too confident in the fact that they can beat Boris because right now, Boris has, as you tweeted out earlier, Gordo, he's got four clients that are still out on the market that are high value and will get a ton of money. And I think they are very cool with playing the waiting game up until like opening day at this point, like, I don't think either side is going to concede, and especially with John Henry's feelings about paying pitchers. I think that they drew a hard line in the sand. Everyone else at this point in the league is just kind of set on what they have for their five-man rotation outside of the Yankees pursuing Snell. Um, and, I mean, the Rangers could swoop in and they could steal Montgomery. But Phillies, I, I, I'm at the point where I think, yeah,
7: I mean, Lorenzen is still
4: out there technically, correct?
7: Yeah, Lorenzen, and then... Oh, man, this is a delay. So It's it's gone to the point where...
6: um, to, To answer your question, Coop, no, I don't think they're confident that they can beat Boris, to put it that way. I just think they don't care. I think they're looking at it as either Boris and his client, Montgomery Cave, or we proceed as we are right now. I don't think it's like... Guys, we can do this. We can get this last piece. I think it's kind of like a. It just seems like they don't care. They're just like whatever. If it works, great. No, you're you're if, right uh, on. Yeah, I don't think. It, I don't Sammy. think they're thinking of it in that. I wish. I wish they were, Coop. But I think they're just complacent now, and they're like whatever. If it happens, great. If not, fuck it.
3: Yeah, and honestly, that's if like if if you exclusively want to only sign guys that cave to your price, like I guess that's the right mindset to have. It's just that big market teams. It's just hard to butt to that fam. but I think you're right, Sammy. I think they have set themselves like Coop. You, you point out the the amount of space they have between where they're at luxury tax line, but, but, but to be frank, like the number that matters is not the luxury tax line. It's the John Henry tax line. He has set them a line. It, it doesn't feel like that line is coming from anyone, but John Henry, it's becoming much more, much better documented lately that, It should not be Craig Breslow that you're pointing the finger at. It should not be Sam Kennedy. It should not be Tom Warner. It looks like it's John Henry. And they probably don't have much, if any, space to get to that line. So basically, to Sammy's point, I think it's either Jordan Montgomery comes down to meet their price where they could trade Kenley Jansen to open up money and sign him and stay under John Henry's budget line. Or it's just it's just not going to happen. And maybe maybe it's like I know the front office would like to do it, but I don't think ownership cares enough to increase their budget by a few million dollars just to make it happen. It's it's going to be we're probably not making the playoffs any. Anyway. This is what ownership thinks. So if that's going to be the case, then why should I increase my budget even a little bit?
6: Do we do we all kind of agree that it's one man? That's the issue right now. It feels like we're narrowing it down, but I just want to see: Are we all in agreement that it, yes. this is the Red Sox have a John Henry problem? It's not, and I don't feel bad for ripping on Sam Kennedy and Tom Warner, but it more and more it seems like okay, maybe they were duped too. Maybe they're kind of in our boat a little bit more than we think, and John Henry all along has been the the problem and still is. No, yeah, I Sammy, I, I
4: completely agree with you. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for ripping, like, Bloom. At the end of the day, Bloom couldn't get the job done, but Bloom also couldn't get the job done with parameters of what was being said. I think Greg Breslow probably will meet an untimely demise the same exact way because it is John Henry's team and it is John Henry's money. And John Henry really likes his money more than trying to – I mean, like, you got to spend money to make money, my man. That's how you – Got Liverpool. Like we said this last episode. I, I don't want to go down this diatribe again. Like it ultimately comes down to him signing that check.
3: Yeah, Coop. And to your to your point about Bloom, like it's it's interesting being in the post Bloom era because seeing how things operate now, you can sort of see you like all, all all sorts of different fans and personalities had their own takes on Bloom and how the Red Sox were operating, and I think like people were were right and wrong in a lot of areas i never thought that bloom was the problem and i feel vindicated in that i feel like i've been proven right there but i also thought that the red Sox had a pretty clear direction for a long time and now i'm questioning that and i think the people who were on and said this team has no direction have in a way been vindicated as well so it's kind of interesting looking at it in the post bloom era
6: I mean, I don't know if I'd vindicate those people because up until this year, when Bloom was fired and Bresla was brought in and this limit was implemented publicly, I think there was a plan. I think there was a pretty clear plan: was to build a core, which I I think they've done a decent job of, and build the farm, and then you supplement. And you know that could happen next year. And how how can you give them
0: the benefit
3: of the doubt? How can you you give them the benefit of the doubt?
6: No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving the the Red Sox the benefit of the doubt. I'm saying like Bloom and his plan what he wanted to do and like the the front office, not ownership, like the front office guys who like do the who make moves and shit. That's what they wanted to do, but now it seems like ownership has stepped in and been like, "Nah, we're going to we're going to change up your plan a little bit." So I I felt like there was a plan. I still think there was a plan. It might still be, but it doesn't feel like it anymore. I, it feels like they're Floating through space and just kind of whatever happens, happens. We're making money. I think I saw today they're the third or fourth most valuable Major League Baseball team in 2024. So they don't give a shit. They're making money.
3: Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that up until, like I under, like I, I stand by why I believed there was direction because to this point, every year ownership, any ownership took a step back, it would be, to immediately jump right back forward the next year. They hadn't done it two straight years ever. So I think it was totally within reason to expect that to happen again. It hasn't happened again. We don't know exactly why that is. There's a lot of theories like there's a lot of new investments now that there weren't previously. There's a much, there, who the hell knows how that business as a whole is doing. We don't know why it's happening, but clearly something has changed because they have operated totally differently this off-season and within the last few years than they ever have. But let's let's move forward to some enough said. Uh I think I think I'll go first because mine is mine is baseball related and I wanted to make sure we talked about it on this show because Brian Bayo told Mass Live the other day that he was discussing a contract extension with the Red Sox, and when asked if it was close, he said translate, he said it in Spanish. He said more or less. So that that is like the closest we have seen to I okay, question because I can't think about it off the top of my head outside of Garrett Whitlock. When was the last time the Red Sox extended a player with more than one year left on this contract? Is there can we think of anybody?
6: Uh, it's not reps, Pedroia. Get a year. Um, Pedroia, wait, did you say player right. or pitcher? Player, player, any player? Oh. Um.
3: I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, wait. Zan- no, Xander had one year. Still had one year. Is it literally Dustin Pedroia?
7: Yeah, I think that's Pedroia. Maybe Poppy? I feel like Poppy just kind of rode one-year deals. Yeah, Poppy was always like one to two. But even after the this- f- first one, he didn't get multiple years? Oh Well, actually, no, because that'd be off of a one-year deal. Yeah. But this
3: is to my point, and like... Maybe we'll think something along the way, but regardless, like they never, never, for a team that says all the time how they want to do it and has seen it work for so many other teams. I I just I think that them supposedly making progress with Brian Bayo on it is a is a good thing. It feels as though if the season starts and that contract extension isn't done, then like it feels like it's it's more likely that it's gonna get done or rather than not. And if the season starts and he hasn't gotten extended, then we can kind of question like what the hell happened. I feel, I I, I feel good that he's talking extension with them. And I feel, I feel good that it's, it's not what Casa said that there was nothing enticing or what these guys have said in the past, which is that they haven't discussed extensions.
5: So
4: do you guys buy into any of it? Cause I would, We talked about this in the group chat when the Bayo news first kind of came up. I didn't get anything from Chris Catillo's article. Like it, it didn't move. Didn't move it for me. Like yeah, nothing. Not
0: me
4: I like. I'm such at the point where it's show me the deal and then I will believe you. Like you can talk about like the Cassis extension. You can talk about the Bayo extension. Until there is a contract that is actually out there, I don't believe a word of it. And it it really kind of goes back to like Mookie at this point, the way I feel, because at the end of the day, like we still really have no idea what happened with Mookie, like extension talks. Like there's so many question marks around that where it's, Hey, the Red Sox did talk to him and Mookie saying, no, well, they never really came up to what I want. And then Mookie kind of coming around and saying, yeah, like they were in the ballpark, but I just wasn't ready to sign. And then the Red Sox also coming back and saying, we gave them exactly what the Dodgers uh, gave them. Like, And then the Xander, like there's just so many instances of boy who cried wolf with the Red Sox with extension talks. I understand
3: why you'd want to wait, Coop, why you'd want to wait to like with the Red Sox. It's sort of everything that they've ever said they're going to do, or at least in the last several years, has come back to bite you if you've gotten excited prematurely. So I understand why you want to wait. But I just, the way I see it is that the Red Sox are actually prioritizing something important. They've talked to Casas and they've made progress with Bayo. I want extensions with those guys to get done. You've got years to do it, but the earlier you get it done, the better deal you're going to get. So I just, I feel good that their head is in that place.
6: Yeah, I I don't. (laughs) I need to see it, man. I can't, I can't give, this goes back to what you said, Gordo. I can't give them the benefit of the doubt. If they're if they're gonna dick around these guys and piss them off like they've done with multiple guys in the past we're in the same spot we are now so I I have to see it man I can't I, I'm done being hopeful for shit that might happen knowing it's not gonna happen like the, like the, Montgomery's my last one Montgomery doesn't happen I am like full doomsday so no I don't think to <laughs> get extended I don't think costas is gonna get extended. I think they extended Whitlock and it didn't go too well right after the extension. So they're probably right now like,
1: oh God, we don't want to mess anything up anymore.
6: So I'm, yeah, when it happens, I'll be thrilled. Excuse me. If it happens, I'll be thrilled, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now.
3: Let me ask you guys a question and we'll, we'll go around and then we'll move to whoever wants the next enough said, if they sign no more free agents, but they extend Costas and Bayo. Give the off season a grade, and I'll no. Yeah, just give the off season a grade.
7: C plus. That's generous. C minus. See,
6: I'm C at a minus. C minus. C minus. I'm at a C minus right now because I think the the sale for Grissom trade was friggin' awesome, and people are gonna realize it eventually. Like that one, I give them so much credit for. I thought that was unbelievable. So yeah,
4: uh, they they prepared themselves to sign someone. They just yeah. didn't sign anyone. Yeah. yeah. Right I think, now, I'm- I think
3: the way – where I stand there and, like, I want to look at it from just a front office standpoint because you have to look at it as if they've been given a budget and they can't get around it. So understanding that, if they're able to do what they can and get a controllable second baseman and extend your young stars – I'd be willing to give the offseason as a whole in the B minus range, just understanding that there wasn't that much they could do. And if and if I was looking at it just from a front office standpoint, without without ownership being brought into it, just evaluating the front office doing what they did based with the with the funding that they've been given, I would give it a B plus. Just because there's I nothing they can do.
6: I can't do that. I mean, when you're when you're about to punt for the third year in a row, and no,
3: fourth- no, but that's not on the front office.
6: They have no. no I know. It's like, like you have no money. I'm grading. I'm grading the Red Sox. Breslow, I yes. think, has done a very good job. Breslow's done a good job, but like it's a team effort, and right now the Red right. Sox stink. So I'm not giving. Yes. Any... C minus. I already feel is a little generous. D would be dramatic, which is why I'm still at C minus.
7: That's where I am, man.
6: Yeah, but if they if they extend both guys, I'll go up to a C plus or one
3: guy. I think yeah. I think I'm at a I'm at a D plus today. And if they extend both guys as a whole, I'd give it a C minus. But Breslow himself
4: could go higher. But whatever. Uh, who, want, who wants who wants to make something upset? I, I didn't expect you to be the pessimistic one. I just want to say that.
3: <laughs> we're all Pat? we're switching it up today. I go. No, Gordo. I feel like I was most optimistic. I think I think what they've done to this point is bad. But if they if they can make sort of make lemon lemonade out of lemons here and we don't have any money to operate now but let's put the organization in a better spot moving forward and make sure that these guys are here to build on then then i think you you'd have to give them credit but until that happens i agree you can't give them credit for what hasn't been done but who want who wants the next one someone someone jump in i can
7: i can take it mine's quick i just want to shout out at c b n LV, this guy cooked up the exact Breslow edit that I talked about last episode with Breslow on the Joker walking out of uh, Gotham Hospital with the bomb going off behind him. I mean, what a listener. Shout out Corey B. You're the dude. Thank you. Round of applause for Corey B. Big, big shout. Big shouts. Love that. I thought
3: that made my day when I saw that. That was good
6: um mine i said is not baseball related which I normally do I feel um mine's about uh kiwis I got some kiwis and I feel like they're uh, really underrated in the world of fruits and I also didn't know that you can just bite right into them you don't have to peel them I know some prove people it peel them. prove so it I already, I already ate one today I they're kind of expensive I'm saving these for tomorrow but um, he's lying there's no way you can bite into that I'll send you guys, a, I'll take a video tomorrow and send it. You can post it from the Play Tessie official account, a video of me eating a kiwi. But, dude, so good. Uh, they don't get enough love. I put them in the same category as, like, pomegranates. They just are underrated in the world of fruit, though. They're, they're very different fruits, but um, I just I feel like kiwis deserve more love, and I got some the other day, and I'm glad I did. Kiwis. That's a good enough said. Great I don't bird. believe that you fight into that, though. There's no chance. Right I'll there. say video tomorrow morning. Just be ready.
4: You're there's skin uh, on it. Can you can you tweet it out from the play Tessie account? Like just zoomed in, you taking a chomp into it.
7: Yeah. Please. ASMR.
4: Please do. Please do. Oh my god, oh. I hate I hate
6: ASMR. Oh ASMR uh haircuts. I love. The oh, only wow. ASMR I like. Barber shape. Oh, that might oh. actually be cool. The only ASMR I like is when Pat... Says Chris Murphy into the mic, really close.
7: Haven't done that in a while. Can we get one? Chris Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah,
6: that's mine upset. Kiwis deserve more love, and I hope you, if you're listening, you go out and you buy yourself a kiwi. They also kind of weird looking at. Speaking say. of kiwis,
7: excited for Liam Hendricks on the team. No, he's Australian. That's New Zealand, you idiot. Ah, I'm going to get riffed. First off, I call Northern Ireland. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm in a, in I'm, geography. In a geogra- I'm in a geographical yeah. mess here.
6: Mike, he's not a Kiwi. He's from Australia, mate. Fucking skeets,
4: Mike. mate. me again.
7: Coop, you got something?
4: Yeah, I, I I feel so bad that I've been lagging this entire episode um yeah so i'm at altitude still in tahoe as we've mentioned um i don't know if this was a product of altitude but i had a wild dream last night where i was just chilling out with snoop dog and dust medroia wild combination we were just walking around fort myers just complaining about the team in general um it, it was like one of those dreams where you wake up and you're like was that real that was that was pretty vivid so that that's, that's where i'm one... at what does it mean I, yeah
6: what I does know? that mean
4: I gotta maybe something happens you want to you wanna go to For Fort Fort you want to go to Fort Myers
6: you want to get go to Fort Myers and get absolutely baked that's what the dream means I'm not, opposed. I'm not, opposed. not
3: opposed I have People an idea
4: to put the bill on that
3: I have an idea we need and and we all understand we all recognize that the Red Sox are going to need to do some things this year to get fans in the seats so someone was talking about the promotional schedule this year. Uh I have another new idea for, for a promotion based off of that. A triple bobblehead. Snoop Dogg, Pedroya, and Coop all in one bobblehead.
6: That's that's the Holy Trinity. And Coop Coop, you're in the middle and you're holding a like a loaf of bread. <laughs> yes. I'm down. It's baked. Baking. Yeah, it's baked. Snoop has a A J, baked bobble! And Pedroya is just on. holding a bag. Yeah. I like it. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that. I had to
3: get that out there. I love that. Great dream. Any any other final thoughts before I this thing? Kiwis. Nom, 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 nom. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been episode 43 of Play Jesse. Appreciate Christian Arcan hopping on with us. That was awesome. That was super fun. Good conversation there. Uh, but before you head out, remember, wherever you're listening, Odyssey app, Apple, Spotify, hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars. Five stars helps us out. The subscription helps you out. You get those notifications when episodes drop. And that's huge. Uh, check us out on YouTube as well. We're on the WEI page. We have our own playlist. Got it right. Uh, there's no stars there. Hit, hit the thumbs up there and subscribe. Uh, check out our mugs. We got good mugs. We look good. Uh, remember, hit us up on the socials at play Tessie, on both Twitter and Instagram, but for Coop, for Sammy, for Pat, it's been Gordo here talking socks on Play Tessie, episode 43. Toodaloo.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.